Okay, look, uh, the, the last two shows were a little, a little weird. I, if, in case you've missed it, I've broken a part of my shoulder, the greater tubercle. I think that's what it's called. And okay, so where can I? Where should I even start? I don't even know. So let's just start at the start, I guess. So when I went to the doctor initially, um, after a whole debacle, um, that episode you should really listen to is called Greatest Tubercle because it's on me. So just in case you haven't listened to that show, maybe this is your first show. Maybe this is going to be your last show. Maybe you've turned this off already. It's possible. I mean, some people don't like fat, ugly lesbians. A lot of people don't like fat, ugly lesbians. So maybe this will be it for us and it's over now. It was good. It must have been love, but it's over now. Okay, must have been good, but we lost it somehow. Wasn't really meant for this. Okay, um, maybe there's a little McConaughey left over in here. Maybe there's just a little bit of McConaughey. Maybe he's never gonna leave. Maybe, maybe my inside voice will stay this way. Maybe. Okay, so I'm at the doctor. I the first doctor basically called me a faker crybaby. Took an X-ray, saw something there, sent me away. Yada yada. The next day, I well, I apparently slept with a broken shoulder bone, and then uh, or didn't sleep rather. So the next day I go to the clinic, blah, blah, blah. I wait there and I wait there and I wait there and I wait there. And I just feel like I was just, uh, it, it was really rageful. It was inside rage waiting in there because my arm is aching. And my first mistake, now that I look back at it, because, you know, retrospect is really everything. It's nine tenths of the law. And I look back on it and the lady asked me, are you in a lot of pain? And instead of, instead of lying, like, really, I should have. I was like, well, you know, it just really, really hurts when I try to move it. And it aches when I sit there. Wrong. Wrong, fatty, 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 fat. What I should have said was, yes, it's searing, blinding pain. Please, God, please, someone stop the pain. That's what I should have said. But whatever. I'll just be dumb and stoic. It's like, oh, it just aches. I'll just be willing to sit here for fucking an eight-hour shift. Yeah, no big deal. I'll be fine. Yeah. Let someone else in. You know what? Let everyone else in ahead of me. I'll just sit here. You know what? Let's make it 10 hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't offer me a fucking Tylenol or anything. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. God, these life lessons. I tell you, I am, uh, I've had it up to, up to here and I'm gesturing well above my head with my good arm that, uh, you know, I've had enough. I've had it up to here with this bullshit. I'm not going to take it anymore. So yada, yada. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and what have you. I I ended up leaving the doctor's office knowing I had a broken shoulder bone in a really pimped out sling that makes me look real badass. Like, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I look fucking tough. Okay? And I don't know if I explained the, the, the bone that I broke. It's basically on the fatty part of the shoulder, which is all of my shoulder. But you know when a cop busts down a door, he uses that part of his arm? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just in case a refresher, in case you didn't hear any of the other bullshit. And honestly, I don't remember what I said on any of those shows because I was high. And I'm not anymore, probably. Uh, to your knowledge. And so that's what I broke. Just in case you're wondering. Um... Yeah. So, okay. Now I have another doctor's appointment. I went on Monday and today is Wednesday, I believe. So on Monday, I went back to the doctor as a follow-up and, um, okay. I, my family is really fucking annoying sometimes. And, and, and one of my sisters is pretty cool 95% of the time, except when she's not. And that 5% makes me want to put, put a gun in my mouth and blow my brains out because I'm, 
okay, my kid has an egg allergy, right? So Monday, of course, is spring break. It's the start of spring break. And daycares like to do fun, dumb shit for kids to do that kids like to do, apparently. And uh, part of that dumb shit is a pancake breakfast. Now, my kid, like I said, egg allergy. Can't eat eggs. They still serve them there. He's anaphylactic to eggs. Long story. He hasn't had a problem there at all, ever. So I'm just going to go with it. And usually what I do is I accommodate. Like if I find, they tell me what they're having, like a muffin or a juice or, well, there's no eggs and juice. Okay, maybe there's a little bit of drugs left. <laughs> Fucking moron. Leaving that in. I'm not cutting that out. And um, they'll say, can you bring this? We're having a special lunch. And I'll say, sure. And I'll try and make as close to what I can for what they're having. Now, Monday, I'm still in a lot of pain. Um, it's been, it's been a set. Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll have been seven days at that point that I had broken my shoulder bone and I'm in a, a lot of pain, a lot of burning, searing pain because, um, I don't know if any of you have ever had Tylenol threes before there's codeine in them and caffeine, which was really making me really wonky. And, uh, cause it would like keep me awake. Cause I'd wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I'd take two T threes. Cause initially the, the first night, I think Tuesday night, I was taking leftover old expired T threes for my C-section. And then what fucking story am I even telling now? What am I trying to tell you? Okay, I guess I'm trying to... There's, I've got like four balls up in the air here. I'm going to figure it out. We'll do it together. So where should I start? Okay, so I'm taking the T3s. Wonky, weird. And now it's Monday and I have to take Malcolm with me to the doctor because he has the egg allergy and they're having the pancake day and the pajama day. And I don't want to make one-handed fucking pancakes with egg replacer and all this shit. And then I didn't buy any sausages. I don't have any breakfast meat. And I want him to feel included. So... The hour and some odd stuff I'd have to do to make the pancake sausage thing happen so I could bring him to daycare isn't worth it. Like, I'll just fucking take him with me to the doctor, right? You see what I mean? The aggravation there? Like, one-handed pancakes? Like, fuck off. And I, yeah, sure, Sarah could have done it, but I was like, fuck, like, it's just such an annoying thing to have to do just so that he can go to daycare for, like, an hour and a half while I'm at the doctor. So I text my sister um, Saturday night, and I'm like, okay, hey, are you busy? Can you please watch Malcolm from such and so such a time to such a time? And it's okay if you can't, but just let me know. Nothing. And my sister's the kind of person, much like myself, who always has her phone on her. She's always doing something with her phone. She's always looking something up. She's never, you, you can't get eye contact from her, much the same as me. And my wife, Lisa, also as well, likes to have her, um, my other wife, Lisa, my illegitimate wife, Lisa. It's a long story. You really got to go back and listen to all the episodes because I'm not, there's inside jokes here, okay? And uh, you're not going to get any of them if you don't go back and listen to the old shows, right? I mean, let's start our friendship, square one. Square one, day one, they're all pretty terrible till about, like, I don't know, somewhere between five and ten episodes, I found a voice that made sense. Um, I just imagine you all naked. Okay, I'm just going to let that die there. Um, right, so I know that she's seen my texts, and I, like, kept editing them. I'm like, can you, are you, a, are you busy from such a time to such a time? And I don't like when people text me that because it's like, well, what do you fucking want before I answer as to whether or not I'm busy? So I was like, okay, I thought about it. And she went 15 minutes without responding. And I was like, okay, well, maybe she doesn't want to because she, she wants to know what it is. And then I wrote, okay, I'm going to the doctor. Um, can you please watch Malcolm at this time? Are you available? Nothing. Okay. And it's like, I wrote, it's okay if you're not available. Just let me know so I can make other arrangements. Nothing. Hours go by. And now, you know, I'm a little McConaughey, a little high on T3s. My inside voice is becoming quite aggressive. And I'm kind of just mad because it's like, I, I'm in a little bit of a jam here. I don't know. I could bring him with me. That's no problem. The problem begins if there's an x-ray. Where do I put him for the four minutes it takes for me to get the x-ray? Because I don't know that the x-ray lady wants a little kid beside her behind the lead wall while I'm getting my x-ray done. 
and I can't leave him in the hallway by himself. And my in-laws are deathly ill because they got the puking, uh, shitting virus. The same one that went, ran through our house. So I couldn't ask her. And it's like, I'm in a fucking jam here, you know? And I find it really irritating that she's not writing back. And it, everybody can sympathize with that because everybody knows somebody who's like that. Like, any other time you text them, it's like, oh, yeah, me, 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 me. I had toast for breakfast. What are you doing? Hey, can I text you a question I could easily Google myself? No, why should I Google it myself? I have you to Google it for me. I fucking hate that. Hey, do you know anywhere I could get a used baseball mitt? Yeah, the internet, stupid. Ugh, fuck off. Like, I'm not going to Google it for you. Where do you think I'm going to get my information from a fucking crystal ball? Okay, kids, in the old days, before their internet, there was a magical book listed full of businesses from A to Z or Z if you're Canadian. And you would look through there and you would pick up your phone and dial. It was called the Yellow Pages. And now, well, yeah, it's not really, uh, I don't think I've seen one in years. They used to hand them out every, every year. You'd get a white pages with all the people listed in it. Before cell phones, everyone had landlines. What's a landline? Oh my God, this is just like a... It's a domino effect. I can't go into it. You know what? Why don't you Google life in the 80s? Okay, just take a look at that. See how weird everything was. Really interesting stuff. Um, okay, blah, 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 blah. I can't even fucking remember. God, I'm a rambler. Uh, okay, so she's not answering. And then I get, I don't know if it's passive aggressive or aggressive aggressive, but I get mad. I get real mad. I get McConaughey in a Lincoln. Mad. And I'm like, okay, listen. I'm like, you're fucking annoying. If you can't do it, just say no, and that's okay. But I have to find something to do with him. And then I explained the pancake breakfast that I just didn't want to fucking be a part of because it's just super annoying. It'd be less irritating to bring him with me. And then, um, oh, all of a sudden the texts are flooding in and she's calling me. And she called me like three or four times and I'm fucking ignoring her because I'm furious with her. Because all she had to say was, I'm sorry, I can't. I have a class. I'm sorry, I can't. Unavailable. No fucking problem. At least then I could figure something out. I don't know what that something would be, but... I I could at least try something. Maybe I could just leave him on a street corner with like a tin can and a sign that says abandoned. But at least that'd be something, right? And she's like, blah, 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 blah. So then finally, you know, Monday morning rolls around. She feels bad because I texted her back the next day. I'm like, yes, I was ignoring you. You're driving me fucking crazy. Like there's nothing wrong with saying no, just say no. But not responding is unacceptable, which is kind of cunty for me to say. But like it is, it's unacceptable. Like and if you need a favor from me and I don't really want to do it, I'm not just going to like shirk you off and just never respond. And then you and then she, oh, actually her excuse was she had her text going to her iPad, which was in her car. Yeah, that would be great if I was a 97-year-old grandmother and didn't understand how things work. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was somehow instantly able to respond when I pretty much told her to go fuck herself and stop being an asshole. So that's weird. Her iPad wasn't in the car there. I mean, instantly she had, she had her iPad from the car in about 15 seconds when I texted her the bit bitchy message, you know, I just, uh, funny how that works. Yeah. Excuse me. I've got to go knit a sweater and crochet some, some doilies. Sorry. Fuck. The nerve. Anyway, she must've felt bad because I, I inhaled my mom's toenail dust. Oh God, if this is your first episode, you can't, <laughs> you, you'll never get any of this stuff. There's so much backstory. Anyway, I was cutting my mom's toenails. Poof. It exploded, I inhaled it, and now I'm my mother. I don't know. So I'm like Catholic guilt woman. And uh, I, I guilted her into uh, doing it, I guess. Because she doesn't like to wake up early, God forbid. Anyway, she texted me bright and early Monday. How can we help? Uh, we'll meet you at Nana's house. And they, are, they watched him for me while I went to the doctor's office. Wonderful. But why did we have to go through this horrible 
ring of rage and guilt to get there. I don't get it. Just took a lot of work and a, a lot of feelings that I wasn't prepared to feel. You know, I was McConaughey. I was, I was nothing but intensity and fearlessness. And she kind of harshed my buzz. Okay, she harshed my buzz. Um, right, so now I'm good. I'm going to the doctor's office. And I didn't ever tell you guys about the rigmarole that I had to go through to get the drugs. Because uh, Dr. Captain Genius, um, Dr. Amazing, sent me home with no drugs. And I'm dumb because I was like, meh. On the way out, I asked the occupational therapist who gave me the super sling, so Tylenol or Aleve, what do I do? And she can't say anything. She's like, I can't direct your care. Yeah, because her job is casts and uh, slings and all kinds of other dumb shit that I don't understand. She can't tell me what to take medically. And I, I was just so happy to get out of there. I, went, I was on my way home. I called Sarah because my phone had died. So I had to wait to charge it on the car. And uh, it finally perked up and I called Sarah. And she's like, well, what did they give you for pain? And I was like, fuck. I didn't think of that. And at that point, it wasn't aching and burning and itching and burning and burning at that point for whatever reason. I think I was just kind of like psyched that I wasn't crazy and my broke was, my bone was actually broken. So I felt like validated that I was justified to be in so much pain. So I didn't even think about it. I thought, oh, well, maybe it'll be really mild and I'll just need Tylenol, like extra strength Tylenol and, and a leave. I was very, very wrong. Uh, so she's like, okay, call, call the doctor's office back. And I did. Spoke to the receptionist and she's like, she'll message him. And I'm like, okay. And maybe if you're unfamiliar with me in my life, nothing ever goes well for me. It never, ever goes well. So I, I automatically woke up in the morning and I made the assumption that something had happened. The receptionist didn't send the message. He wasn't going to respond to the message. And I'm down to three T3s left, approximately. Or maybe it was five and I had just taken two and I'm, I'm going to die. Because at this point, I need to take them, take two Tylenol 3s every four hours or I'm in like hella pain. And uh, I'm, I'm running low. Things are getting sketchy. It's getting hectic. It's getting crazy. And I'm aggressive and mean. So first thing in the morning, I call the, the doctor's office. I'm on hold for 10, maybe 12 minutes. And I tell her my predicament. And, she, and I'm like, I called. I spoke to someone very nice yesterday. But I just want to make sure that this goes through because uh, I'm really running low on my expired pills. And I'm in a lot of pain. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, she puts me on hold. I guess she messaged the doctor. Doctor messages back. She's like, he wants you to come in. Oh, okay. It had just snowed that day. Um, I'm really high on opiates and um, I have my son. So I'm like, you know what? That's not going to work for me. Because why do I have to fucking come in? I was just there yesterday. Nothing has changed. It's exactly the same as it was yesterday, except I don't have any drugs. So uh, she's like, yeah, he wants you to come in. Can you come in at? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm like, I have my son. I'm in a lot of pain and um, I can't buckle him in. I can't buckle myself in. It's not safe for me to come there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you guys let me leave without any fucking drugs and now somehow I have to fly a fucking magic carpet there? Like everyone just has someone to take care of them and drive them places? Like no one fucking works? What fantasy land do you live in, fuckface? Anyway, I shouldn't say that, but still. So, um, yeah, so I told her I'm not coming and she's like, okay, well, I'll message him. And which pharmacy do you want it sent to? Told her, okay, we'll take care of it. Okay. So I, of course, follow up with the pharmacy and I'm like, hi, my name is blah, 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 blah. Cause when I don't do shit like this, nothing happens. And I'm in dire straits now. Cause like I'm running out of drugs, I'm running out of time, man, I'm running out of time, I'm going through withdrawal. And it's like, fuck, I'm not doing this today. Like it may, it may be partially my responsibility to that. I left without drugs. 
but it's totally and completely the doctor's fucking fault. Like how I, I see one broken bone in 35 years and he sees, I don't know, how many do you think an orthopedic specialist sees in a day? 40 broken bones maybe? And he didn't think about it? Fuck. Anyway. Anyway. Duh. Jesus. So um, I call the pharmacy. She's like, yeah, because I want to get it delivered because I can't drive. And Sarah's not going to be home from work till like 4.30 earliest. And uh, she's like, yeah, well, his receptionist called. And then uh, I'm like, okay, so they're in contact with you. Yeah. And then the receptionist calls me back. She's like, okay, we'll fax it out to that place. And they have delivery for service available for you, yada, yada. And I'm like, great. Pharmacist calls me back at noon. She's like, yeah, it hasn't come in yet. You're not going to, you're not going to make the afternoon delivery. And I'm like, fuck. But I didn't say that. And I was like, okay, well, that's okay. Um, she said, can you call them back? And I was like, you know, could you call them back? Because maybe because you're a doctor, like she's not an MD, but she is a pharmacist, which is very important. Could could you maybe? Could you maybe call them back and like push one for for doctor or physician or something? Like, could you get through any sooner? Oh, they're really hard to get a hold of over there. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Because every time I call, I'm on hold for 15 minutes. So I thought maybe they'd take it more seriously if you called. You're a doctor. And she's like, okay, I'll try. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. They, they, the prescription, she told me she'd call me back. She called me back at 3.40. Okay, it was, what time is it? Like 11 noonish when she called me the first time and saying it wasn't in. She called the doctor's office and she didn't get anything done until 3.40. God. So Sarah ended up picking them up, but it's like, fuck, you know? Like, what if I hadn't called in the morning? Because the doctor, he did call me back. He called me back at eight at night. That night. Hmm. Okay. Like, it sucks that he's still working that late, but it also sucks that if I hadn't done anything or arranged anything myself first thing in the morning, I called at eight o'clock and I didn't even get my fucking shit. Like, the, the pharmacy didn't get the fax until 3.40. So what if I hadn't called? If I hadn't called, I wouldn't have gotten any medication. He wouldn't have phoned it in until, I don't know, how many phone calls did he have after me? Maybe he'd phone, he phoned me at eight to talk. So when do you think it would have gotten faxed to the pharmacy? Nine, maybe? Okay, great. That's really fucking efficient. Like, I, I'm not considered urgent. I guess my pain isn't really important to anyone but me. <sighs> you tell him going through withdrawals, I'm getting angry. But it just pissed me off because it's like, fuck, man, you know? Like, to him, it would be easier for me to drive all the way down there and sit in his waiting room for God knows how fucking long till he, quote unquote, squeezed me in fucking, I don't know, what, three hours later? Instead of him just faxing off a prescription. Like, he doesn't even have to fax it. He just has to write it out and give it to a girl. And the girl faxes it. Why is that so fucking difficult? I don't understand. God, I hate people. Anyway, so that's the saga of me getting my medication. And the moral of the story is, stupid things always happen to me. And instead of fighting against the machine, I'm rolling with it now. In my old age, I've learned that these are things that will happen to me. It is a fact that I have to work three times harder than anyone else to get anything done. Because I have the worst luck in the world when it comes to dumb shit like this. So instead of just assuming, oh, the doctor will get to me when he gets to me. It's like, no, 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 no. I've got to get up. I've got to get up at the crack of fucking dawn. Got to get all my ducks in a row. Call everybody. Bother everybody. Get everybody to bother everybody on my behalf. And then I'll get something done. Because if I had sat on my laurels and assumed that the system will work, I wouldn't have gotten my beds till nine o'clock. Yeah. And I would have been writhing in pain all afternoon and evening. Just hoping that the cogs worked in the wheel. It doesn't. Okay? That's the moral of the story here. Nothing works. The whole universe is out to get you. Yeah, you. They're coming. And they're bringing nothing with them! Nothing! Okay, uh, 
Well, that got weird. Um, sorry, that was really intense with the rage, but man, I just over and over this shit just consistently happens to me. Like, why didn't the doctor just send me home with like a leather belt to chew on just to get through the pain? You know, maybe I should have started cutting myself so that I'd feel pain elsewhere and it would somehow miraculously make my arm feel better. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. And don't get me wrong. I love being a Canadian. I love the Canadian healthcare system. I just don't love the waiting. Okay. I don't love the waiting. And when I went to his office on Monday for my checkup, the one that I had to get my sister to watch my kid for, I waited for, oh man, how long was it? Like at, at least an hour and 15 minutes. And I'm sitting in the same fucking chair in a very similar waiting room and I have an appointment and I'm watching the time tick by and I'm just, the rage in me is building. It's surging. It's like a volcano. It's like a volcano waiting to erupt. You know what I mean? Never stops. Just let the rage bubble over. It's part of who you are. It's ingrained in you from birth. Okay. Um, I don't have an amulet. I don't really know what I'm doing here. It's just getting kind of kind of dumb now. Um, but uh, I, as, as the seconds tick by, I'm getting more and more angry. It's like I have post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, I just I just want to stand up and start fucking screaming. Like, why, why do you double book? Why am I still here? Like, why? I mean, I get it. Doctors have to make money. It's, it's an industry in and of itself. They're basically self-employed. And there's many, as many patients as they can see, the better... And I'm sure when you get in and see one, finally, they give you excellent care and take their time with you, which is great. Super de duper. I get into the little room. I wait another 20 minutes and it's like, and just in case you're wondering, yeah, I had a fan or fan. Who am I? I have fans. I had a listener point out like, like you did go there with a fully charged phone and, <laughs> and a plug and a charger. Like you were, you, you didn't make the same mistake twice. And I did not. It's funny that she wrote that because I had the plug I had the charger, I had a fully charged phone, I was fucking ready, I wasn't dicking around because God only knows how fucking long I'd be there, right? Who knows? Who knows? So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and he comes in and he's like, yeah, okay, so uh, how's it going? I'm like, great. And I was like, is it supposed to burn this much? Um, and that was his response. He said nothing for about 20 seconds because he was looking something up on the computer. Totally forgot, I guess he forgot my question. And I was like, well, can you just lie to me and tell me that the burning is part of the healing process? And then he laughs and I was like, okay, great. All right. That's super. Okay. Let's have a look. See, oh, wow. The bruising really came through. And I'm like, uh -huh, yeah. And then I'm like, you know, when I sleep at night, um, my big fat pork roast arm pulls my shoulder back and it really burns and hurts. Is there anything I can do about that? Nope. Okay. Uh, any kind of positioning I could try? Not really. Okay, let's see how high you can lift your arm. And when he lifted it, I could lift it, not quite 90 degrees, but I don't know, I'd say, I don't know, 45? I guess I know what a 45 degree angle, maybe a little bit more than that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's right, great, there, stop. And he was really good, really gentle in that regard. And uh, he's like, okay, um, so we'll, we'll see you in two weeks. And I was like, okay. Uh, he's like, you're not going to be working for another two weeks. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause like, that's pretty good because my arm fucking hurts. And he's like, yeah. Cause you know, if you lift something, even if it's light, because you're right hand dominant, you're going to jerk your arm, your right arm up. That's hurt. And he's like, you can rip that bone right off of the muscle. It's like, okay, I would really like to stay home and avoid that then please. <laughs> Cause like, I'm, I, I just, I like my shoulder and I don't know if you guys are aware of it or not, but, but Canada post isn't going to do door to door delivery very much longer. 
So really in this new fancy system, everybody gets like an entire street will say get a huge box and all of your mailboxes will be in this big bank of metal mailboxes. So you just basically, as a letter carrier now, you don't walk anywhere, which is great for my waistline because you know, I'm a waif. I can really stand to put on some weight. And uh, you just stand there and you flick your arm. So you put all the mail in, you put all the magazines in, you put all the flyers in. And depending on how many sets of flyers you have, you could be flicking your arm anywhere between five and 10,000 times a day. So I was like, okay, I'd really like this to heal. And he's like, yeah, you don't want to force this. You don't want to go back early. You don't want to um, exert it too much because you could really do permanent damage. He's like, it's a great break. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, I'm like, oh, thanks. He's like, it's textbook. It's a clean break. It should heal really well. It's not dislocated at all. The bone isn't floating. It's, he's like, it's beautiful. And I was like, oh, it's beautiful. Okay. Well, that's great. At least part of me is beautiful. It's a shame it's a fucking broken bone, but okay, great. That's, that's super. Thanks for that. Uh, anyway, so he gave me two weeks off, so I'm off until April 13th, and then I go back to reassess, and wait some more, and wait some more, but I took the earliest fucking appointment they had, because, like, if they open at seven, and my appointment's at eight, I should be good, right? I mean, I can't wait two, like, an hour and a half if you've only been open for an hour, although he probably double booked that hour, so yeah, I'd probably be waiting an hour and a half for him to tell me how beautiful my broken bone is. Okay. All right, well... <laughs> I'm really sorry about this. I hope you find some humor in my misery, even just a little bit, even just a little tiny bit. Okay, look, let's talk, let's hear from someone actually funny and actually nice and actually probably a little bit drunk. Okay, hang on. Here's Electric Gary. Sandra, Sandra, Sandra. I would love to say I'm going to keep this brief, but I know I'm not. I'm going to be all over the fucking road and probably more so by the end of this. Um, I'm just finishing the last of a bottle of whiskey that was given to me by... I'd say a customer, I did an electrical favor for someone, and they had a bottle, a 30-year-old bottle of whiskey, this is cool, sort of, that uh, was left over from their wedding, but they recently got dumped by their husband, who's turned out to be a total shithead, and uh, she didn't want that shit in her house anymore, so now I had, have had the 30-year-old bottle of whiskey. And when you say that, like 12-year-old whiskey is supposed to be good, I, I'm not a whiskey guy, but 12 years is supposed to be good, so 30 must be like almost three times as good, and... I don't know, it was cheap shit back in the day, but it's now well-aged cheap shit, much like myself. So anyway, that's that. Um, I It's been a while, I've been remiss, but I've been listening and enjoying and loving as I do. I've got notes, I've got things. Um, I just had a steak dinner by myself. M uh, Mrs. Electric is in San Francisco with her sister. They're having a lovely time. And you know, when you are in love and happy and everything's great, and your significant other is off enjoying themselves and they're safe and they're having fun and they're they're doing all that. There are some people that are, I don't know what their problem is, but they're not happy about that. I'm, you know, technically not happy that I'm without my beautiful wife, but at the same time, I'm here having a steak dinner and chatting with my favorite Canadian and things are good. You know, I had a great day. I took the little car out today. You know, I, to recap, for those who ha who don't know, I restored a car. It's a 71 Honda, teeny little two-cylinder funky car. It's super cute. And I, I went up to see a friend of mine today that I haven't seen in 25 years, somebody I graduated high school with in 1990, those of you who were born before or after then. Uh, it was a nice visit. We had a great time. And uh, so on the way back, I stopped in at another friend's. This was, some I don't know, 60 miles away or something that I went and then came back. buddy of mine that I've been working with, uh, He's a Honda guy. He wanted to see the car. So I stop in and see him and his kids are there and they're playing and doing whatever kids do. I am not a kid person, but 
his one of his young sons was out on his dirt bike for the first time ever and riding kind of around the house and in circles and things like that. And this guy was being very cool. He was like, hey, stay away from the car. I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, I put six years of my life and like $10,000 into this car. So I'm kind of protective of it. But again, I, you know, you don't want to be that person. So his kids riding around in circles and all that. And he's only got, oh, I don't know, 80, maybe 100 square acres to ride his bike. And he runs right into me. Thank Christ I was standing next to the car or he would have hit the fucking car. This car is the size of an early Mini Cooper. It's a small car in a large, expansive land. And this kid's on a small mini bike. Could you not not hit the fucking car? Thank goodness he hit me. So my leg now hurts. So you and I are birds of a feather when it comes to damaged limbs. And uh, the whiskey here, helping. Not T3s, but helping. Uh, T3s. We used to have those here in the US of A, but uh, they banned them some time ago. And I think you were able to get them over the counter in Canada for a long time. I don't know if you still can. It sounds like it was a prescription thing since you had the expired version. But uh, that used to be the thing that Americans would go, or sorry, uh, folks from the States would go to Canada to get and then like smuggle back in their vitamin bottle and their RV. Uh, that is one of many items on my list here. So buckle in, Buttercup. Speaking of Buttercup and that reference uh, coming from uh, Rainbow and Lisa, loved the segment, and uh, you guys rule. Uh, so got to meet Dr. Mike. I We sent that across. We had a great time together. That was amazing in its own weird way to connect with someone from the show that we've known for so long. And, uh, you know, honestly, you talk about not having friends and that sort of thing. I don't either. My closest friend is a guy I haven't seen in two years. He's got kids. He's busy, whatever else. You know, my life, much like yours, is based on family. I want to be with my wife. I do my job. I come home. And I don't have a ton of time for friends. Like I said, this guy I went and see today was 25 years ago. But it's great that we have this connection. It, uh, it's, it's meaningful. Before I start crying, I'll go to the next, uh, the next thing. Uh, you had mentioned Bonnie and Rich, or Bonnie, Rich, Rich Voss and Bonnie McFarlane your, uh, some time ago. It's been a while since I've uh, checked in. Um, yeah, they are very snarky with each other. Uh, they're, they're funny, but, and I like Bonnie, but Rich doesn't seem to bring a lot to the table. Anyway, next item. Uh, I think you'd mentioned something about the, the voice thing where you, uh, 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 go on to the next word in that way. Um, I heard on one of the, uh, NPR podcasts recently that there's a word for that. It's called vocal fry. And there's a lot of people that can't listen to NPR because the women on NPR, as they're finishing a sentence, they will vocal fry to the end of their word. I don't know. It, it doesn't bother me. But of course, once they mention it, that's all you can fucking hear. It's kind of hot in a way. I'll take it. Um, there was a story that I heard on another podcast. I've been kind of branching out the comedy stuff. Uh, obviously you are always fresh and, uh, we all collectively as listeners have nothing but love for your content, but some of them, when they do too much, you do just the right amount. You've got something to say and you say it, uh, some folks that are obliged to put out a daily podcast or once a week or whatever their deal is get fucking boring and repetitive. So, uh, I've, I've moved on to some of the others that are uh, interesting. Um, and I, I appreciate you passing on my recommendation of the dead poets, uh, or dead, uh, uh, authors, uh, another that are just interesting, uh, the Freakonomics radio. There's a lot of great stuff there. Some of the, the way economists look at the world is fascinating and radio diaries. There was a story about 
that a plane had run into a building in New York, not the one we're thinking of, in, uh, shit, I don't remember what year it was. I have been drinking. The Empire State Building was hit by a plane. I never knew a thing about this. You would think after 9-11, somebody would have mentioned, oh, hey, this happened once before. It was a foggy day. Uh, the tower at, uh, I forget what airport it was, was talking to a pilot, and he didn't pay attention and didn't realize that he was flying low and in between buildings in New York. There was actually audio of a guy on an old dictaphone uh, dictating a letter, and you hear a plane go by his window of his, I don't know, 50th story office or whatever. This guy ran his plane into the 87th floor of the Empire State Building. It blew the fuselage of the plane into that 87th floor and into the elevator shaft, which sheared the cables off of the elevator, plummeting it to the sub-basement at Mach whatever. And there was a woman in that elevator who was the elevator operator. And the coil of cable that was gathering up underneath that elevator car and the air within the elevator shaft created a piston effect that slowed the car down enough that when it hit at the bottom, she lived. She, heard, she broke her back. She was fucked up, obviously, but she survived an 87-story fall. Why the fuck have we not ever been told about this? Most fascinating. I mean, you tell stuff like that to a history class, we'll pay attention. History teachers, wake up. Okay, uh, another one of the, the things that I had learned on uh, Freakonomics Radio is that parenting doesn't really tend to matter. When you are of good genetic trait to uh, meet the mate that you have and that you are having the children that you do, and obviously you're putting effort into those children and providing them with what they need, they will turn out just fine. So saying cunt around your kid, don't worry about it. Let it go. My dad certainly did. Not cunt, but you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, I have written here phones on planes. So uh, something that occurred to me and, and others, but is that uh, when you're not, because you had talked, I think, about going to Mexico and using your phone on the plane. Again, it's been a while. Uh, if there was the slightest modicum of a chance that having your phone on on a plane could interrupt the electronics and the navigation system and cause that plane to crash, every single plane for the last 20 years of cell phones would be locked, those phones would be locked in a lead fucking box and there would be body scans and everything else. They just don't want you to have your phone on because it's a control thing. If there was a slightest chance that it could crash the plane, do not think for a second they would let you have your phone. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see here. We uh, were selected to be a Nielsen ratings family for television, even though we don't have cable. So I took their $3 and sent it back, and I haven't heard a word since. So that's probably nothing to deal with. There was a gentleman recently in the area who was killed on his bicycle. Uh, he rode his bike every day to work. As a requirement, he could not get a license because he had lost an eye as a child to an accident. And it, it occurred to me when this happened, he was riding home from work at Hewlett Packard, uh, one of the bigger places to work here in town, where you can actually make a, work, a living wage. And a young woman from... Asia somewhere, I'm thinking a student of some sort in her early 20s, don't know if she was texting or what the story was, but she came down this country road where he was riding his bike on the way home, lost control of her car, across a bridge, ping-ponged across the bridge from side to side, landed on top of this old guy, and that was the end of his life. 
How fucking weird is it to think that what put him there, the cup of coffee he had during that day, the, the fact that he had this injury as a child that took his eye, that made it so he couldn't get a license, so he had to ride a bicycle, this kid who was born when he was like 52 in Asia among millions of people, this, this girl was born to be there at that moment in her centra or whatever the fuck to lose control for whatever reason to end up on top of that guy, and that was the end of him. That's why I don't smoke weed. Uh, your mention of your mom's smoke detector chirping. Uh, there's a new product out, and this is all electrical stuff, so you know you can tune out if you like. But something to think about. They're kind of expensive. The Nest Protect thermostat or uh, Nest Protect smoke detectors. They're Wi-Fi. You could put one in your mom's house, and if it goes off, it could you could have an email or text you, and you would know if Mama Mia's sleeping some deep sleep of the Italian dead that uh, something's worth checking out over there. They're kind of expensive. They're a hundred bucks a piece, but you can get them at Home Depot. You set them up on the Wi-Fi, and they might save her life and that of Max. Okay, I've done enough drunken rambling. We're looking at eleven and a half minutes here. Uh, we will call that Electric Gary. Okay, so this is a little nuts. Quick addendum: I got that note package, whatever, from uh, Nielsen TV ratings six, eight weeks ago. I don't know. Spent the three bucks like a madman and forgot all about it. I literally still have my whiskey buzz, and I just got a call from the Nielsen ratings people and spoke with Mary Ann, who is very nice and possibly on Quaaludes, who uh, wanted some information so she could hear about my boring-ass TV viewing that consists of uh, Netflix and uh, DVDs. So there you go. And she's going to send me $5 of sweet, sweet cash. Fuck yeah. Everyone needs an electric Gary. Everyone. All of us. I'm really glad he's here for everyone in that capacity. I, you know, it's, it would be nice if Gary checked in more, but I kind of like one longer segment too. So I'll take what I can get basically is what I'm saying. Um, I have to just settle for what I can get from him and I enjoy it every single time. Every single time. He's always full of good recommendations for podcasts and uh, weird, uh, real, weird Nielsen related stuff. I didn't even know there was such a thing still. And like, I know all, I know mail is going the way of the dodo bird and I'm going to be really fucking lucky if I get to retire. I know that fact. Okay. However, TV is, it's, it's, it's going out. It's going out the door. Why? I just, I wonder what's going to happen with TV in the next five years, maybe 10 years. Because with on-demand stuff, no commercials, no bullshit. Watch as much as you want, as often as you want. And minus the whole thing where Netflix asks you, are you still watching? And I'm just catching up on Community. I don't know where I've been my entire fucking life, but and I haven't seen any of them, so I'm kind of watching them. And they're pretty good. I, th I find them pretty funny. And I don't usually find things funny, so it's nice when I can laugh, when I can LOL, OMG, WTF, right? So I'm catching up. But I mean, fuck, every, I don't know, third or fourth episode, are you still watching? Yes, I'm still watching. Do you not feel the, my body heat? Can you not hear my body talk? Body talk? I'm still here. That big fat heat wave in front of your Apple TV, it's me. I'm still here. So it makes me feel bad about myself, but I don't think I'm alone on that one. I even looked up how to get rid of it, but you can't. Because I guess Netflix has to pay for however much bandwidth you use. And if they just let it pay, play continuously, it would cost them a fortune. Yeah. What was my point? Right. So Nielsen family, like what the fuck? Who, who watches real TV anymore? I, usually everything I watch is PVR'd unless I'm watching Chopped or fuck, I don't know. Everything else I watch, I watch recorded. 
I and let, well, with my inner injury when I get up at two o'clock in the morning from the burning searing pain. Then I struggle through TV, and then I've come to the realization. Uh, maybe I'm late to the game. Maybe I, I am late to the game on this one. But every network, it seems like they all go to commercial at the same time. At least the shows that I want to fucking watch anyway. So you go to like flip to another show like Chopped and then maybe I'll flip to Chopped Canada on Slice or something. And it's like, oh, you're on a commercial too. Hmm, okay, South Park? No, nope, commercial. Um, hmm, Golden Girls? No, nope, commercial. Everything's on a commercial and they must do that. They're in cahoots, right? Because you have to watch the commercial. Because without the commercials, television is dead. And nobody watches commercials. Like, it'll be weird. A movie will come on Movie Central On Demand and it's been three years old and I've never, I've never even heard of it. Like a, a movie with Tom Cruise or whoever's not crazy and a Scientologist. I don't know who's left. Will Smith? Nope. Nope. He's gay. Uh, also Scientologist. I'm not even going to talk about the mess that is John Travolta. God, he looks, man, he looks waxy. Like if you put him next to Madame Tussauds version of him, he's waxier. Well, okay. Anyway, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the conspiracy, about the commercials all lining up. And I'm also concerned about John Travolta. Okay. Now, anyway, back to Electric Geary. Um, vocal fry. Yeah. I just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm trying to be stupid, but then you think it's funny and it's a shtick and you're trying to be stupid. And then before you know it, it creeps into your everyday life and then you're doing it consistently. And I have enough irritating habits that the people in my real life have to put up with. The quote unquote vocal frying really shouldn't be one of them. Not to you either. I mean, you guys are kind of part of my life in a weird, weird, uh, double arms length away type way. You're here too. So I'm going to try to cut that out unless, unless it's just warranted. And I figure once a show, once every other show, I should be able to do that. And I really don't, uh, I don't really need your permission. Do I? Right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Comedy, you know, comedy podcasts. When I first started listening to shows in 2009, I think I listened to a lot of comedy shows, like comedy and everything else. I listened to that for a long time. And then I came to the realization I could not fucking stand Todd Glass. I just don't get him. I find him really grating. He's just like, and they, they sat there and Todd Glass is like me, he, but, but he's really high all the time and he's really rambly and he likes to preface everything. And then he'll preface his preface. And it's just like, oh my God, they let him tell the story on that show in 2009 or early 2010 about him putting his dog down like like no not even like a glossed over Coles notes version each time it was the exact same 11 minute story virtually weeks away from each other like within a month he had told that long version of the story twice and they just sat there and laughed and let him fucking do it and i was like somebody's got to put a stop to this and for whatever reason whenever todd glass ended up leaving that show thank god but then i realized that jimmy Dore is like Anyway, he's really political and I'm a Canadian. So, I mean, it's interesting to learn about American politics, but it's also kind of like, okay, I get it. Next subject. It was like more everything else and less comedy. And then I tried listening, God help me, to Todd Glass's individual show. And I shouldn't have done that because I don't like him. And it's just really stupid. And yeah, I get that. I mean, I have, I do listen to comedy shows. I love Keith and the Girl. I love Ron and Beverly. I love the 40-year-old boy podcast because I'm a connoisseur a bit. I'm a, I don't, I've never seen Star Trek, really, or Star Wars, really but I'm a podcast nerd. That's my nerd thing that I do. Everybody does something. So I get it. Some of the, some of the comedy podcasts can be really hard to listen to because they get sticky and they get uh, really like, I just don't, 
I don't want to listen to people play games. I don't like bits. Like, why can't you just talk? Like, just talk. But I guess some comedians are really funny on the mic in front of a crowd and they interact with them well, but you put them in front of a microphone. There's nothing in there. Like Rich Voss, like you said, he just, I don't know why he's even on that show. He's just a heavy breather, um, mouth noise, like troglodyte. He's just like a like a knuckle-dragging douchebag. Like, if she could do that show by herself, I think she'd have a chance. And they're both sitting there, and he thinks he's doing great because he's involved in it. And she just spends the entire show telling him how bad he sucks. And if he were listening to this show, he would hate it. But he's on it, so he thinks it's great. And it's like, that really sums up the whole show to me. I think you, they had it covered there. Um, okay. And yeah, I get your I get your view on life. Like, what put that guy on the bike, in the on the bridge for that fucking young girl to hit him and kill him i don't know life is like a weird weird series of events maybe it's coincidental i don't know maybe it's quote-unquote meant to be i don't know it's weird um but what like one thing that happened to me which i've told the story before on rts a million years ago um was that's my old podcast return to sender look it up on itunes blah 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 blah. listen to it fuck off find it you'll find it find it and listen to it that would be great um I, okay, I've never told this on this show, I don't think. My dad's dead. Boo-hoo. And uh, we weren't particularly close, except for maybe the last couple years of his life. Maybe, let's say, five years of his life, because he was a bit of a drunk and kind of mean. And then he sobered up, and I still hated him for all the other shit he had done. And then he got sick and died of cancer. So long story short, there you go. And uh, after he died, I'd find dimes everywhere. Well, not everywhere. I wasn't swimming in dimes. I wasn't, like, fucking uh, Scrooge McDuck just taking a nosedive into a pool of dimes. It was just weird, random places. They would be in weird spots. Like, I'm a letter carrier, so... Um, or mailman. Uh, Clavin in training. I've already got the mustache. Shut up. And they would just be, like, in the crack of a sidewalk, behind a potted plant. Like, wherever my path was, it would be, like, sitting in my path, just shining, you know, shining, sparkling in the sun, and I'd pick it up. And I'd find, like, at first I was like, well, that's weird. And then it was just happening over and over and over and over and it was just like weird spots like so totally hidden spots that I just happen to see every fucking time I find one right so um I googled it and there's a thing called dimes from heaven or dimes from the dead or something like that and it's a thing where like people find it it's like I wasn't alone I didn't invent this it was like a weird thing so I guess what I'm trying to say is um I don't know how spiritual I am, I guess. I don't think I'm an atheist, and I just can't live life thinking that when you you die, you just close your eyes, it goes black, and you're done. I just can't. Just because, um, not just because of the dime thing, because I really feel like, I, I feel like that is true. I feel like I didn't, I couldn't have created that. And what is the likelihood of one person finding that many dimes over a span of 10 years. It seems so unlikely. And I get it. Yeah, maybe people don't bend to pick up a dime. But I bend to pick up a penny. And I'm fat. So if I dropped a dime, I would fucking pick it up. If I was just some random on the street. Oh, I dropped a dime. Oh, it's just a dime. No way. That's two bazooka joes where I come from. Okay? Yeah. No. So, um... I'm just trying to think. Like, it just... It can't be coincidence that I find those dimes. And it can't be coincidence that that girl was fucking flaky and weird. And just, like, on an empty bridge, just happened to hit that fucking guy on the bike. Really? Shitty. Shitty. But the reason I was trying to tell you that is... The day that I found out that I was having a boy during the ultrasound... Um, well, after the ultrasound, I went to work. And I found three dimes that day. 
which I've never, ever, ever found before. So I found, yeah, I found three in the course of my, my work day. And I was like, oh, so part of me felt like, um, my dad had gotten the news, I guess. Like he had kind of, I don't know, found out through some kind of spiritual, uh, radio. Maybe he tuned in, he put his headphones on and he fiddled around with his ham radio and he kind of got inside the ultrasound and somehow was able to read the ultrasound and see the little penis in there. I don't know. Okay. The more I talk about this, the more fucking retarded it sounds. So forgive me, but there's maybe it was the hormones. I don't know, but it made me feel like he got the news somehow. Cause it seems weird. Like why three dimes? Why on my route? One of them was covered in just about covered in gravel. Like it made me feel good. It made me calmed me. It made me feel like he was like, Hey, great. Good news. Glad to hear it. Wish I was there. It was like a postcard from beyond the grave. I just, if I was listening to this and I were you, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cuckoo bananas. Okay, yeah. Ooh, dimes. Yeah, that's real cool. But it makes me feel like, um, like he's like, cool. And I had a dream once that um, he met him and now oh, I'm going to get emotional. Okay, it was, it was a great dream. It was like he had, you know, he got to hug him and I was like, so he's cute, right? And he was really proud. And I think my dad would be really proud to know he had a grandson that has his name as a middle name. So, wow, I don't remember where we're going here. I really wish I was back on opiates and more aggressive and less emotional. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I believe that there is something out there controlling things. Cause like it can't, all of these things can't be complete randomness. I mean, I feel really shitty for the guy on the bike, but someone's gotta be pulling some strings somewhere. I mean, I'm not saying, I, I don't know. The idea of believing of a man in the sky is controlling everything and he acknowledges this football player on a regular basis and quote-unquote helps him win games. But this starving child in India, meh. No, sorry. Doesn't have time for that. So I'm, I'm kind of agnostic, I guess. Like, I guess I was just watching Community and they were like, oh, agnostic, the lazy man's atheist. And I guess to an extent I get that. But I guess I can't. My mental well-being while I'm alive has to think that there's an afterlife. Because if it just goes dark... If, if, if life really ends like the Sopranos, I just, it would make me too sad. I can't live life knowing that that's the end and the end is the end. And even in my afterlife, I'd never be able to see anyone again. Like anyone that's still alive. I just can't. I can't live life knowing that. Fuck. What did I even, what, why? What did I even talk about this for? Um, okay. Well, now you're, now you're familiar with, with everything. I think I've, in the last three shows, I've covered crazy, uh, angry, overly emotional and spirituality. So we're good. I'd take an iTunes review. Just don't make it a bad one. Because I'm really, really in a fragile, fragile emotional state. If you leave me a shitty review, I just can't. I just can't. Maybe you should toss me a five-star review. So I don't, uh, I don't do anything drastic. I don't mean kill myself. I mean, like, eat a whole pie. That's what I mean. I'm not gonna, no, no, no. no. Wouldn't deprive the world of this? Are you kidding? God. Okay. I think that's it. I don't know. What the fuck else? I don't even, like, I, I can't even listen to these shows because the last two I was crazy on, on T3s. And this one, I feel like I've gotten overly emotional and really annoying. So anyway, I'm going to finish this off. It's been about an hour. Uh, so let's see. What do I do here? Uh, Stitcher. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can put me in your favorites on Stitcher. You can leave an iTunes review. Help stop the madness. Leave an iTunes review. It's good for my ego. I really like that. You can donate if you want to. It's changeofaddress.podbean.com and look for the little donate button. If you feel like it, if you don't feel like it, that's perfectly fine. Um, reach out on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Sandra D. Sanchez. Did I say that already? I don't know. Twitter as well. You can like the Change of Address Facebook page. And just to let you all know, 
in the last three months, my listenership has changed a lot. And it went from being, what was it? I think I had 35% American listeners. And now I have 52% American listeners. So, okay. God bless the USA, I guess. I'm Canada. Look, you had your chance. I am the world, the world's greatest export. Okay. And uh, I feel like, I feel like I can make it in Hollywood. I mean, I, I could be fat, ugly Tina Fey. Why can't I be? Says who? Of course I can. Did you see her before picture? Have you seen her picture, early Groundlings picture, when she's got that short, dikey haircut and she's kind of fat? And she's just, ugh. I watched some kind of documentary or something and she was on it and I was like, whoa. Because like now she's all thin and pretty and she has people doing her hair. Like, why can't that be me? Because I have no talent and I'm not really that funny and nobody likes me. Oh God, this is it. This is the opposite of manic. I am the opposite of manic. This is my low spot. Oh God. Maybe I shouldn't do a show for a couple weeks. Get out of this. Uh, get out of this. But I figured Tina Fey, she was hideous. They fixed her. Put me on a tube feed. Seriously. What's the big deal? Fine. A little bit of boost. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Well, just anyone, if anyone in Hollywood is out there and uh, they need a new and improved John Lovitz, I'm here. Okay. Make that happen. Okay. That's it. Look, if you want to uh, send in a segment, please do. Changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, you can. If you want to send in a segment, go ahead. If you want to send in a note telling me I suck and this needs to stop immediately, go for it. Go ahead. I'm, I'm really close to tears right now. Hold me. Be your private dancer. Dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. Okay, call you later. Bye.
Yeah.